Garrison Keillor tells a story in Lake Wobegon about a man named Clarence. Clarence was a member of the Lutheran Church in Lake Wobegon. One Sunday when Clarence was sitting in church, the sermon was droning on too long. He began to think about the offering that would come next. And as he thought of it, he reached in for his wallet and realized that he had no money in his wallet. Well, fortunately, he had his checkbook and he figured he'd just simply write a check. So not to be noticed by the other people sitting around him, he took the checkbook and opened the hymnal and put it in there and began to write kind of stealthily. Well, a woman sitting next to him kind of began to glare at him, thinking that he was writing in the hymnal. As he made out the check, he thought about the week. He had almost had a heart attack. He felt really grateful, and he thought this was the day he was going to put in $30. So he began to take out the check. The sound of ripping was kind of there. And again, this woman glared at him, thinking he's tearing a page out of the hymnal. He's trying not to look, and finally it came time. They passed the offering plate, and as he put his check in, he glanced at it one last time and realized that he had made it out for $300. Suddenly panic came over Clarence as he looked at it. That was more money than he had in the checking account. What was he going to do? He thought about it. I can't really go after the service down to the counters and say, there's been a mistake. Give me back my check. That would be too embarrassing. He thought about it some more and said, no, this is going to a good cause. We'll scrimp a little. We'll eat hot dogs and hamburgers this week. We'll make do. It's all right. And Garrison Keillor ends that story with saying the following words. For the first time all week, Clarence felt truly alive. You know, I wonder, as we heard our gospel lesson this day, about the widow's might, as it's titled. If on that day, that widow felt truly alive as she gave all that she had. Is this a sermon on giving? Yes, but it's a sermon on much more than giving. It's a sermon on our lives in Christ and our response to the one who has given us all things. The response that we have every day that we live in gratitude for the grace that we have been shown. Some background on the gospel so that we understand a little more what Jesus is talking about. We know how Jesus felt about those who made a show of their lives, religious show in the public squares. Those teachers of the law who like to wear fine robes, the Greek word is stole, they wore their stoles, their worship things, the things that they went so that people would see them and be aware of who they were. They liked to sit in the front when they were at synagogues in order that the person who would be reading that day might look at them and ask them, would you please expound on this? They loved to have that kind of attention. And then Jesus says how they devoured widows' houses and made a show of long prayers as a pretense. You know what he meant there, it was a different time and a different place, ladies, and you had no rights, you had nothing that you could appeal to. If you were married and your husband died early in life, if you had had maybe a male child, there were three options open to you. One with that male child, he would inherit everything. If there were male children, it would be divided, but you would live then with that eldest male child, he would take care of you. If you had only had a daughter and she happened to be married, 
then that inheritance would go to your son-in-law and you would live with them and they would take care of you. But if you and your husband had had no children and he died before his time, what you would do was seek out these teachers of the law because they were revered, they were wise, they were devout, they were the ruling body for Judaism. And you sought that wisdom, what should you do? And the problem is they would sit down with you and talk about your estate and they would decide how much of your estate should be given to the temple as a thank offering to God so that God would bless you. The reason you wanted that blessing from God was because the stigma in the society would have been if your husband had died early, you would have had the stigma of being cursed by God. So by doing this, by giving to the temple, by them then offering prayers in your behalf, you could remove that stigma, although you would be devastated from the results of that. And that's what Jesus means, that pretense, how they devoured widows' homes, how they took everything they had. And Jesus sits down at that area that was divided between the court of the woman and the court of the men, the area where they put their offering in. And there were 13 what we would call kind of brass funnels. They were called trumpets, noisy things, where people would come and put their offerings in. Now at that time, it was Passover. There were pilgrims from all over the land coming, many wealthy people. And it's interesting kind of how it worked. You can imagine coinage falling into a brass receptacle and the noise that that would make. There happened to be groups of people who kind of stood around this area, and if you were someone wealthy and put a large amount in that made a lot of noise, they praised you. They murmured. They'd say, well done. Wow, that's a person really devoted to God. Can you imagine if people stood around as we gave our offering and began to comment on the offerings that we gave? But you can also then imagine when this poor widow comes in, when she simply has two simple, small coins that the noise that they would have made in this receptacle, receptacle was almost unheard. Nobody noticed except one person. Jesus noticed. And it was so significant to him that he went in the temple and called all of his disciples together to tell them what she had done. To say all these others who gave, gave out of abundance. But this woman gave everything that she had. She gave her all. He wanted his disciples to understand why she had done it and what she had done. You know, we think about why she did this and what motivated her. What was behind her giving everything that she had. You know, in our day we might look at it and say, I'm sure in her life maybe she questioned God's love. Maybe she thought about what God had done in her life, taking her husband early. Maybe she had some bitterness. God, why did you take my husband? Don't we say words like that? Maybe she thought as she walked into that temple, why should I give any more? They've already taken everything that I have. Maybe there was some of that cynicism in her life and bitterness against the religious leaders. But still she walked in and still she gave all that she had in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus' heart was moved by all this. Moved at the giving, at the sacrifice that she had made that day. There's a book that's entitled Giving Hands, and it talks about ways that people are able to give in life. 
It uses words that talk about our palms. There is giving with palms down and giving with closed palms and giving with open palms. What that means is the giving with palms down is kind of what they call the obligatory gift that people give. Maybe picture walking into a boss's office at, before the Christmas break, they've had a good year. This is where the stacks of bonus checks are. You walk in, what's your name, he says, because he really doesn't know you. Well, I'm Harold. He takes the check and passes it over across the desk. There's no emotion involved. There's no skin in the game, really. It's just something that he's obliged to do. I'm sure that he'd rather keep the profits and turn it over and get stock options and better dividends, but he has to do this. His palm is down, and it's simply, there's your gift. They talk about palms closed like this, that people give like that, and what that really means is that they want something in return for their gift. There's a story of a husband and wife who put their child through college. He finally landed a job and got married. And on the day of the wedding, they handed him an itemized bill for everything that they had put out to get him to this point. They wanted something back in return. Or somebody who is working with a friend and maybe there's a ticket to an event that they want to go to. And they're both excited, but they only have one ticket. And you kind of can see the exchange that goes on between people. Oh, no, you take it. Oh, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. And finally, somebody grabs it and says, okay, I'll go. But then the other one is disappointed because it's like, I didn't think you'd really take that ticket. That's giving and wanting something in return. Closed hands. I don't really want to let go, but I want something back. And then the book goes on to describe giving with open palms. Giving that is sacrificial. Giving that is out of gratitude and love. That expects nothing in return. That wants nothing back. Simply to be able to do something for others. I say this because as we look at those three things, maybe the widow that day had remembered the words of the scriptures. The words that maybe David had spoken in 1 Chronicles 21 where he says, I will not offer God sacrifices that are not a sacrifice. Maybe the words of Psalm 116 that say, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Words that motivated her to think of a generous God. A God who had given all things to her. A God that had blessed her in spite of all that was going on. You know, in our lives, as we give, there are different motivations. There are people that come into churches with different agendas and different angles of why they do things. There are people with palms down that come into church. Oh, those are the words that we hear of people saying, well, this is what our family's always done. We show up on Sunday, maybe Christmas and Easter. We just go to be a family. It's what my parents did. It's what we do. You see, they do it out of obligation. They do it because they have to. But there is nothing in it inside of them. It's simply putting it forward and being done with the obligation. Or there's people who come into church to serve and to be here who want something back, who want to be noticed for their gifts. There are people I can remember 
uh, different places where someone walked in and wrote a check and put it on the desk and said, you know, I'm giving this amount, but I want some return for this. I want to be able to say how things are going to be run around here if I'm going to write this check. You know, it's interesting. There are people like that. And at that point, you simply push the check back and say, we'll make do. There are always people who have, as I said, no skin in the game, nothing that's going to cost them anything, only their agenda for what they want to do. And then there are people in the churches who come and give with open palms, who give out of love and respect, and who see those very open palms in the picture that we have on the cross of Jesus Christ, whose palms are towards us, who has given us all things, who has made the ultimate sacrifice for our lives in order that we might live and know his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. You see, the widow that day gave all that she had. It meant that she would have to then totally trust on God. And what usually comes up in our lives is fear when we think about that. Fear that God will provide for us. Fear that God will give us what we need. Fear that we will be left destitute in the future. And yet God has proven himself again and again in our lives. God has proven by that cross and those open palms that he will supply everything that we need, that he will sacrifice whatever it takes in the world in order to bless us, in order to have us, in order to enrich our lives with his presence. You know, that is not just how we give. It's how we live as followers of Jesus Christ. Followers that understand what motivates us truly. That Jesus gave all and we return to the Lord in thanksgiving what we have and what we've been given because we know it is a blessing from God. There was a young girl named Amanda and she had some special needs. She would always come to church with her mother. They didn't have a lot. Amanda had one dress that she wore to church, but she was always trying to look her best. It was tattered and worn out, but still they would come and know how she enjoyed coming to church with her mother. Well, it happened as life went on. Her mother got sick and then eventually died, and she was devastated. The only thing that she had passed on to her from her mother was a necklace of pearls that her mother had had years ago, and that was what she then would wear with great pride and love every Sunday when she came after her mother had died. Well, it happened in the church that there was a need for a special giving, and people were giving in to that offering. Well, Amanda didn't have anything. The only thing she had was this string of pearls around her neck, so she took it off and put it in the offering plate that day in order to help those who were in need. After the service, the elders got together and saw the gift that she had made. They knew what that string of pearls meant to her, how that was the only thing that she had left from her mother. And they decided then and there they couldn't let her give that gift. So they took it out of the offering and they found her and they gave it back to her and put it in her hands. She looked at that necklace in her hands and began to cry. They thought at first it was just out of gratitude to have this legacy from her mother back to her. But as the tears streamed down and she looked up at them, she said the following words, I didn't give it to you. 
I gave it to Jesus. That woman that day gave all to her God. That is the motivation for our lives, for what we do, whether it's service, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's binding together, whether it's monetary, whatever it is, we give our all back to Jesus. Not to a church, not to Pastor Mark or myself, not to leadership. What we do in this life is to give back to the one with the open palms towards us of understanding how we have been so blessed, how our eternity is set in heaven, how our sins are forgiven, how our lives are blessed constantly by his presence and his love, and what we do, we do for Jesus. You see, that is mighty living, knowing in our lives whatever is done. When it's all been said and done, the only thing that lasts in our lives is what we have done for the one who has redeemed us and given us all and sacrificed his life for us. May we, as followers of the one who died and rose again, the Alpha and the Omega, who will return for us and call our names from the grave and we will rise and stand to give him glory, may all that we do and say and live in this life be for him and his kingdom and his love and his grace. Amen.